Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Core. This is the show about video games and the games we're playing and three friends talking about stuff. That's really what it is. Nice, relaxed, little Wednesday thing we do. Pull up a chair, grab a nice little drink. Starting to get cold outside, so maybe a nice warm drink, you know? Kick your feet up, let it rip. Okay, I want to throw something out before we get started here. Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. I'm Scott Johnson. Here's what we're going to do. Hi. Hi. Blizzard Entertainment released the key art for their BlizzCon event this year. And uh, there is dude what is from StarCraft you guys were always talking about, the mad scientist guy. What's his name? Not mad Mm -hmm. scientist, but... uh, uh, Egon Stepman. Egon Stepman is in this key art. He's the only StarCraft StarCraft representation in the key art. uh, And he's holding a tablet thing that looks like some sort of holographic projector, you know, Space Age StarCraft two looking tablet. I have heard from multiple people that they believe that that is a sign that there is some kind of StarCraft property coming to mobile devices. And I would like to ask your thoughts. Because first of all, but actually before you answer, there's a nice, there's, there's nice representation of Heroes of the Storm, which surprised me. I just want to throw that out since we were formerly a Heroes Only show. But there's great big Tyrael, Mecha Tyrael standing there. That's kind of a big deal. He like takes up half the freaking screen and uh, is very cool. But what do you make of tablet holding StarCraft, man? Uh, does it mean anything or is this just them having fun with everyone's favorite scientist beard? I think it means they picked the best character to put on the thing. 
Wow. That's it. They had a, a wide <laughs> litany of StarCraft characters they could choose from, and they chose the best, clearly. Okay. okay. First of all, I agree, but second, <laughs> that's not why they did it. That, that's, <laughs> he, he was just released as a co-op commander in StarCraft. Okay. And, you know, that the same scenario happened. Mira Han... Also, a side character, pretty much in StarCraft Two, was on a key art. I think the year before. Yeah, last, last year. year. But the difference with last year is, while she appeared on that key art, we didn't know what for until they announced it. Right? I mean, we assumed, right. but we didn't know. So this year, I assume nothing big's going on with StarCraft, so they don't feel the need to hold, you know, to be mysterious about it. Okay. Just like, just put Egon on; he's great. So you don't think there's any hidden meaning behind him having that little tablet there, like any kind of... I mean, I am somewhat curious because he isn't... He's definitely not... You don't look at that character and go, oh, he's from StarCraft. Like, if you saw any Protoss, a new one or otherwise, it'd be like, StarCraft. Mm. And if you saw a new kind of Zergon, then you'd be like, look, StarCraft. You look at this guy and you're like, is there an accident? <laughs> they, put the, they put the wrong picture? Like, if you don't know what StarCraft is, you, this guy doesn't scream starcraft at you i completely he's not a terran in terran armor or some kind of mech or anything like that yeah he's so a, i get it yeah you can see you see why but, people a lot of people don't even because they're not playing starcraft at all they don't even know who he is so i had to point that out right, a lot. probably like oh they're making a survival game yeah <laughs> yeah because of his beard yes <laughs> right you know and and like my secret wish is that this is because this is the heroes call out that it's the heroes hero in addition to the StarCraft II co-op commander. Wow. That's that, that'd guess. be great. Yeah. Yes. And the, the I, reason mecha material's on there is because they're going to have a mecha that they're selling. It's, you know. Oh. Mecha I, Storm I mean, was last year. It's not this year. It's right, old news. Right. I'm just saying they need to get him in that Heroes booth. And they have him because one thing I also learned recently, because I, and we'll talk more about me diving back into WoW. Uh, Scott, have you gone to MechaGon yet? I have, and I have. I have nothing but praise for that place. I think it's rad in there. I love it. Do you remember early on in the questing, you're following a prince uh, around yeah. Mm -hmm. and yeah. he's questing? Yeah. The voice of him is Egon Stepp. Oh, really? So that's the same guy basically doing the same voice, although a little less like he's a little less crazy in the WoW version. Right. Uh, which is saying a lot because he is a clockwork gnome, so he is still a little crazy. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, he's like a toned down Egon. He makes it they sound still like... have that guy. He's coming in. He's recording sessions. Get him in there to do some heroes. Yeah, dialogue. why not? Apparently, he's a big hit with anyone who's playing StarCraft at all. So I can see why they would give him some stage. Because who else I is there? I think it's really? because he went from zero to hero in no time. Yeah. Because Egon Stetman in the Wings of Liberty campaign is just some weirdo in a lab coat. You don't really pay attention to it. He doesn't really pop out. Uh, and I guess they also forgot about him, and they're like, hey, we can design a co-op mission where the last time we saw this guy was like we left him on this planet, and then he went crazy because he was stranded there for, like, years. Right. And, and the, like, I don't know whose idea that was to just take it, if that was always on the drawing board or not, but it just feels like, what? Is, <laughs> and is, he's, <laughs> like, he's awesome. Is he insane in StarCraft? Is he? Uh, uh, yeah, so okay. he gets stranded on, I can't remember the name of the planet, but there's a planet where you got to collect Terrazine. So the story is he goes back there, gets stranded, and gets addicted to Terrazine, because Terrazine, I guess, is delicious. 
right. I don't. I don't really know what Terrazine is, to be honest with you. And it's and, rumored he hears voices. Is it Balshir? Is that the name he keeps? Oh, Balshir is the name Bal-Shir? of the planet. He speaks to the planet. So the oh, that okay. That's what it is. Bal-Shir the planet tells him things. Okay. Got to protect Balshir. She provides beautiful Terrazine, <laughs> and and um, the robots left to keep him company talk to him. And like, there's one. Uh, science droid he calls gary that you as a co-op commander one of your main units is gary okay the science it's just a it's just a like a science vessel okay um but he names all of his his you know gives names to all of his uh, robots and talks to them and when they get destroyed he gets really pissed is he uh i mean is he the kind of guy that i would (laughs) how do i put this is no he's a drug addict he's basically a drug addict like his behavior and everything is that He's a uh, genius scientist, drug addict, and I'm sure you would not want to be friends with him in real life. Do you see him? You think he'd end up on here in Heroes of the Storm? You really would think that? You think that'll be a thing? Yes, I think so because they know they know they've struck something interesting. The other interesting about it is that for all the you know violence and adult themes, it's it's kind of the only instance I can think of of someone that is blatantly a drug addict mm-hmm. in the Blizzard Pants character like he's jesse pinkman in a way like i'm just like this isn't blizzard's wheelhouse to have addicts as <laughs> it's a family company well I'm like he's I, a, whatever he's addicted to it's addiction and it's a drug and it's bad i've mm. put a video in our in our uh, discord here if yeah. you want to play some this is nothing but his quotes from the co-op whoops sorry that was loud all right so let me play i'll start it from the beginning this is called Egon Stepman, all co-op quotes. I won't play them all because it's 20 minutes, but we'll play a few of these. Here you go. Commanders, are you are you real? Sorry, uh, I've been here a while. And the Terrazine, not the best for my sanity. <laughs> it's not. He sounds like like Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man-ish. Sure, yeah, is, yeah. But he looks Skip like ahead. a Skip gr- some more fun. he looks like a grizzled old crazy person. All right, I'm skipping ahead. Here we go. Bots away! <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's just annoying to be uh, annoying enough to be endearing. Here, I'm gonna put him here in the middle. Here. Void Thrasher. I didn't know they actually exist. All right, there's a Void Thrasher. When they here, I thought those were purely theoretical. No, 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 it can't be a Void Thrasher. Please tell me this is another hallucination. They're afraid of the Void. He's very afraid of the Void. Well, it's a mission. They're very specific, and they have variations, so probably they have literally every variation of Void Thrasher. Oh, good point. That's a good point. The chat points out he sounds like Robin from Teen Titans. I think that might be who that is. Oh, that actor might be him? Interesting. We have to look that up. Somebody Somebody figure that out. Do the math on it. Uh, let's play a little bit more. Commanders, you've done science a great service today. Now, uh, any chance I could get a ride off world? Okay, this isn't the same guy that on uh, Braxis Holdout is going, oh, no, the Zerg are coming out again. Oh, shit, that guy. No, no. Guy that guy. Okay, that could be him. I just mean from a, a thematic st- standpoint, they both strike me as a little nutty, and uh, that would probably work. But since he's not in there yet, sure, put him in Heroes, why not? Uh, Yeah. I don't know about if he'll be in Heroes or not. I'll play this for Bo. But if he is, uh, that sounds like he'd be fun. No one, There's nothing like a, a good drug addict in a video game, so I'm in for it. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, all right, I just wanted to bring that up. Now, the other thing I noticed about the key art, and I'm not showing it to the chat room, but if you guys want to look at it, you can. Just look for key art 2019 BlizzCon. 
and you'll see it. There is a conspicuous, and Blizzard's good at this. They know composition. There are a bunch of artists working there. They know how to do this stuff. Uh, in 2014, they had key art that was all set to go, and they had, uh, again, unbeknownst to people, there was a chunk of space in the key art that wasn't filled yet. And you wouldn't really know that because the art is so well composed to start with that it could have been just fine on its own. But little did we know, Overwatch would be announced, and as soon as it did, Tracer shows up in the art. And now she's part of the key art for the rest of the show. I'm convinced that this art <clears throat> is the same. If you look at the lower right-hand quadrant of the art, I think there's a big gape there where you could fit somebody in uh, that hasn't been announced yet, whether it's an IP we know of or a variation on an IP we know of or something brand new. I think there's room for it. So there's my tinfoil hat moment. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a good tinfoil. It's a good one. Yeah, and if you look at it, kind of squint your eyes, you go, oh, yeah, there is some negative space there that they would normally put something there. Um, and, and again, that's the artistry at work, and it's awesome. But I've seen this before, and I just have this feeling. We'll have to wait until November to find out if my feeling means anything. But currently, that's my, uh, that's, that's my take on that thing. Anyway, just wanted to get that out of the way. We got real stuff to talk about. So I thought this was the big one because a we made very clear on the show none of us are really the target audience for uh, hard let's call it hardcore mobile gaming. Okay, like we're not on the, the the tips of our toes constantly going oh where's the next big mobile sensation right we're not really those guys. Right. Uh, John is in particular not one of those guys. Um, I will play a mobile game here and there. And I'll enjoy them uh, far more than he will, but I it, it's definitely not my, you know, my main mode. So when people get all excited and say, Scott, did you see that Dead Cells is on phones? I'm like, yeah, that's good for, for people who would want to play with inferior controls. So enjoy that. Uh, but for me and mine, I'd rather have a controller. I'd rather have Steam, put it on a Switch, put it somewhere else. Uh, and that's where I'd prefer those kind of games. So... Apple finally got up and announced something in the mobile world that I think is at least worth talking about to see whether we think this is going to be the future of anything or a stopgap measure, a half measure, uh, that sort of thing. And it is the announcement of their gaming subscription in its finality. We've already known it was coming. We knew it would be exclusive, that there would be games that would only show up there, that none of them would be free-to-play or freemium or microtransaction-type games. They had a lot of studios and devs who you associate with good quality gaming, uh, doing projects on it. It was going to be called Apple Arcade, uh, available as an iOS exclusive service. And last time they were on stage, they announced that 360, or sorry, um, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 controllers would be supported uh, natively, whether you were playing on a phone, a tablet, or an Apple TV. Um, that's good news, I think, for people who want to, you know, again, not just use touchscreens all the time. At any rate, uh, they finally announced the price and when it's coming out. It's coming out later this month, and it's going to be $4.99. Uh, and up to five people on that. So the same family rules they have for everything else um, apply here. So if you have it for other people in your trusted, quote-unquote, family, have access to all the same stuff, and they don't have to pay, you know, they're not paying four times, five times to get the same service you're getting for the one. So that's, I think, a good thing. Price seems pretty cheap, uh, considering that 
you know, again, if you're looking for premium game experiences on mobile, you'll spend easily $4.99 a month, if not more, on just various dollar game here, $2 game there, whatever. Curious what your take is, John, now that it's official and that it's priced as low as it is. Do you think there's something to this? And do you think it means anything for the future of gaming? Or is this just like a little blip on your radar? I mean, it probably means something. Um, mobile games in general make a ton of money, uh, completely ridiculous compared to their overall quality as a product. So it means something, um, whether that means something to people who would consider themselves actually, you know, mainstream gamers or not, you know, that kind of remains to be seen. I don't think it does much for me. I don't want another subscription service of any kind. I don't really care how much it is. I'm already about to buy into Disney Plus because uh, Star Wars is there, and I'm a sucker for that. They have enough ways in this world to get me uh, that I'm actively fighting against how many subscriptions I have at this point, and I definitely don't need to give Apple monthly money for exclusive games. Um, But honestly, I don't think that I even understand mobile gaming and even handheld gaming at this point. Because when you think about it, it's really weird. What makes it good versus bad? Why it was the Game Boy, an amazing launch platform. Why do we talk about the DS like it's such a crazy thing? The 3DS, uh, Game Boy Advance. Why is that such a successful generation? You look at Sony, nothing. Why is the Switch so successful in its handheld mode? Is it just because it's got Nintendo on it? Like, is that really it? Well, or is there anymore. is there more to it? I mean, I want one now as an adult. And then why comparatively do I see mobile gaming and I go, most of this is garbage. It's, yeah, it's 95 percent garbage here. I haven't like I... what makes one successful? What makes another not successful? It's really, really hard to say. And as the graphics and power and all of that and the ability to now play with a controller, how does that change it? And the answer is, I don't know. I have no idea right. anymore. At this yeah. Point. I mean, I, it, it, okay. So let me answer those. Uh, I wanna, I'm going to throw out some ideas I've had that are specific to the stuff you just said. And then I want to hear Bo's take. So I, uh, I think that you make a good point. However, the one commonality was, uh, with your examples of why did we think the DS was so cool and why did everyone love the Game Boy and why do we think of it so fondly and why does everyone want to switch and why is the Switch so, so rad? The answer is almost, I think, exclusively the fact that Nintendo makes games for these things you just mentioned. And Nintendo is the greatest legacy in video games. I'll just say it. They just are. I think it'd be hard to argue that they're not. And if they're, if they're good arguments why they're not, fine, I'll take it. But you talk to anybody who's anybody in the industry and they all look back to Nintendo for inspiration. They all talk about Miyamoto's impact on the industry, uh, games like Mario moving into 3D and what that did to 3D graphics and moving forward, how that changed everything about games. Um, it's just everywhere you go and everywhere you look. They reinvented controllers multiple times. They're not always perfect at that. They don't always nail it. But there have been a few times there where it's like, oh my gosh, games will never be the same since this D-pad. Games will never be the same now that we have analog sticks on these things. Uh, Or at least bringing some of that to the mainstream in a way that others didn't. So why do people look that fondly on that? Whereas if you look look at something like the Sony handhelds, which certainly had their high points, 
or even Sony consoles that have had their high points, you still kind of are left with this feeling that, yeah, but the really classic stuff that lasts forever could play it any day now, never gets old. That's in Nintendo's camp. And I think that's why they own that that so well and do so well. So it doesn't kind of matter where they put their stuff. They just are great at it because their games are great. In the case of this mobile argument, I don't. I think I don't disagree with you. I think they have yet to prove themselves, even though financially it's proved itself over and over. People are making buckets and buckets of money. Billions of dollars a year are being made in mostly the free-to-play market on mobile. And here's the funny thing about all this. This Apple Arcade thing, may the, be, the biggest beneficiary of that may not be the players, may not be the industry as a whole. Who it may be are developers who are tired of that space being dominated by free-to-play games when they would rather not alter their vision to fit one of those templates and instead build something unique, different, a fully premium experience which doesn't do that well on mobile. What does well on mobile is download a free thing and get hooked on, you know, matching gems for 10 hours. That's what's popular. So for them to get unique experiences out there, the risks go way down when there's a subscription that's basically paying everybody to do it. So I'm excited on that level because it means these developers don't get hamstring by, well, it's got to have 15 currencies and we got to have loot boxes and we got to do all the things that everybody has to do and limit our vision. We got to have energy so you can only run the dungeon five times before you run out of energy. Like they don't have to do that stuff. They can just go straight to, and I mostly, I talk about parts of RPGs and that's why I'm excited. I like a good touchscreen RPG when it's done well and I like a good premium one and I pay for those when those come around. But those aren't going to be blockbusters anymore. That's just not the market. I think this answers that or potentially starts to answer that and says, and forget about Apple loyalty or not. This is not about that issue. This is a major player in the in the industry uh, that is putting a service out there that has a could have a potential impact on everybody from indies to big publishers and everybody in between, and it will serve that market the way that uh, uh, streaming audio serves musicians. Now you could say. Well, that's not worked out for a lot of them, Scott. I know there's arguments against that too, right? But there's never been an easier time for your band to get a record out in front of people than now, um, as an example. It's never been easier for you to make a podcast and get it out in front of people. It's hard because there's tons of people doing it and it's extremely crowded and everybody's fighting for the same you know, business. But that kind of opportunity is a big, open, new way of looking at things. And I think this could be mobile's way of getting out from underneath the weight of free-to-play freemium and into the sunlight, which is, you know, is this a good game or isn't it? It doesn't matter because I'm paying five measly bucks a month and I get to play all of it. Like, there's something about that that's going to appeal to players, obviously, but I think the fact that they are getting paid no matter what as a developer and not worried about losing their shirt because nobody heard about their cool $2 game because it was $2, suddenly they have a chance. Oh. What do you think about all this? I just think we're not kids anymore. <laughs> okay. I mean, you took it really in a direction that I can't really add anything to. I just know that when John was speaking, like, who's playing it? I mean, the stuff's selling real well, right? Like, Oh, yeah. No, it's as going, far as I know. Mobile is crazy. Like, so I remember loving Game Boy because, you know, when we went somewhere where I didn't have my video game console at home, I could just play it wherever. 
right? You know, mm-hmm. like it could keep me busy. Parents were happy. I was happy. That's I remember playing the Game Boy a lot uh, in the forest. Um, Wait, you go in the forest? The and you'd play in the forest? That's cool. Oh, we go up home. And, you know, there'd be the cottage, and then there'd be places in the bush. And, you know, if I just whip that thing out, <laughs> try to find somewhere where there's no sun. Yeah. <laughs> so that it didn't shine on the screen too badly. You know, I'd play that. And then, you know, I think there were periods. I had a Game Boy Color at one point. There were periods of time where, you know, the console was not accessible. It was nice to have that convenience. I just feel like there's like a use case for it and I feel like we're not the audience for it at all. And that's why it just doesn't I mean Scott likes the stuff, but you're Scott, you have a very open um lover of all games, one of trial games, very enthusiastic and sort of, you know, take that I think open view of things. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at what's the point of these things, most of the people that we have in our communities have spent three thousand dollars or somewhere thereabouts on a PC, mm-hmm. maybe uh, something else on a console, and there's just like, I'm an adult. If I'm not, but my, my, when I'm at my computer is when I'm escaping the world. When I'm out, it's because I got to do groceries. And like, I don't know, uh, what do adults do? Live life. <laughs> Whatever it is you go do. I got to go to the DMV today or something. Like, you know, uh, and, and you've got, we've got podcasts. Like, most of the time, if I'm out and about, like, I spend about 40 minutes walking home from, from work. I can't play a video game. Yeah. Uh, I listen to shows on, on, you know, that's, I don't need the game, but that's just cause I'm 40 yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not a place I use it. It, I think young people have lots of reason to use it just cause they have energy. They can't, you know, sit like a sea turtle in front of one place and play for eight hours. They like, they have to move their bodies. And so like, it's just even just makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And then the other, I... the other market is grandma or whoever plays casual games. Mm-hmm. Who will spend lots of money on Farmville and they just do. Sure. I mean that's that's super true. My my girlfriend's kids, she like they play games I've never heard of on the recommendation of YouTubers I've never heard of, but I'm sure are extremely <laughs> successful. Yeah. And th- th- it's just like it's like they're making it up. It's like they are pulling games that they talk about as if they are the next Mario Brothers. And it's just stuff I've never even heard of or even come remotely close to talking about because for them, they get on a phone, they get on a tablet, they watch YouTube videos, they they have a whole different algorithm that YouTube is serving them than it is me. Um, YouTube just wants to tell me what cool comic characters did this week. And I'm like, sweet, that's what I want to know. But they hear about all these games we never get to hear about that's on mobile that becomes their world. And they don't care about the rest. And they have a ton of time to kill, whereas I have none. I'm sitting there going, geez, I wish I had time to friggin' learn what half these things are. Um, and and they're just looking for more ways to kill time. Well, and it even... So the crossover is what's always impressed me, especially in the last couple of years. Fortnite makes most of their money on mobile now. And a huge amount of that on iOS. They make $1.5 million per day in revenue on mobile on ios alone that doesn't count android doesn't count anything else ios devices alone 1.5 million dollars and that's by the way after the 30 percent cut apple takes for hosting everything did you say a day a day per day a day per day they make a million dollars on mobile Per day. Per day. That is how big that game and is. And any of us are wondering why, like, mobile's not going crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, 
Jeez, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that now what's, that, what's that, up with people in Fortnite, man? They just fell in love with it. That's crazy. Well, and then not only that, like there was a I saw a video of a kid on an iPad Mini <laughs> who was playing Fortnite against a brother on a PlayStation. I don't know, how did it work? No, I think it, I know what you're talking about. Like he was playing against somebody who was using like the mouse and keyboard or a yeah, mouse and keyboard. Like I think that. it was, and he whooped everybody. Uh, this yeah. kid and he was going sip that doop that dip. like i guess what i'm saying is i am 100 willing to admit and say they're there this is just what they were raised on this is a whole new aspect to this and clearly the money's there also wouldn't be so saturated there's so much stuff and every day if i'm looking mm. on instagram i get 50 ads a day about video games saying download this one download this one and i admit i'll look at someone and go that looks like an rpg i play i wonder how free to play that is oh it's terrible okay forget it like i i go through that those motions what I want is good uh, premium experiences. I don't know if you guys ever played Card Crawl on iOS, but it was a fantastic, it is a fantastic game, still a good game. Um, it's it's great little kind of solitaire-based kind of card thing that it's a medieval thing. Anyway, it inspires the hell out of me. to make It makes me want to make a video game. I love that thing. The art is great. The play is great. They've made, uh, another, made another game called Card Thief that was also awesome. And uh, another game I used to really like, uh, it's not even that old, I say used to as if it was ancient history, but in mobile it kind of is, right? Like stuff comes and goes so quick. Yeah. But it was called Solitarica. It's also on Steam. That's mm. the first one I've heard of that you've named. It is so good. So good. It's a great, great game. It's, you know, again, a card-based RPG that I love, but it was a premium game. No microtransactions, none of that garbage, no timed anything. You just play it. And it's good design and it's a good game. And I think those things should be allowed to find a way to thrive and flourish on there and not let this just be nothing but games produced by Tencent in China to just do nothing but suck dollars out of people who, you know, don't want the experiences we want. Like, I feel like this in a way could address us as mainstream gamers who do have phones, who might find ourselves with a few few extra minutes. And a price as low as four ninety nine a month. I mean, yeah, I know we got a lot of things that are trying to get us for whatever a month, but it's pretty cheap if you plan it on is. playing it. You know, and you're right. It's a nice, it's a nice signal. Like, hey, we know this is an audience that we don't typically serve. Here's our way to plan a little flag to say, come over here. This is this is where your stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, like half the stuff that I see on mobile, which I don't go looking for, obviously, but Again, the kids show me a lot of this. I see a lot of it that way. Yeah. And like it honestly it just makes me mad. Yeah. Because they'll go they'll go, John, have you heard about grandma? And I was like, like my parents' parent? And they're like, No, it's a game. And they're like, look at this. And it, uh, they explain the game to me. And it's basically a house where you have to go around and click on objects. And if you make too much noise uh or whatever, grandma comes and kills you. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, this is Slender. You're playing Slender. Yeah. Retooled and rethemed, and you're excited about it. And honestly, I'm annoyed because there are real games out there. And then I look like the bad guy because now I'm trying to introduce small children into Slender. And I'm like, no, if you're going to be into like murder, you're going to be into the right kind of murder. <laughs> right. Look, you're gonna... look at this. <laughs> yeah. But then again, you can go get some form of Slender, multiple forms of Slender on mobile now. Like, it's just a weird market, and it's weird for us because we're looking for curated, built-over-time, smartly-designed, iterative gaming experiences that 
play off of our genres we like and things like that. And mobile has decided to come in and at lightning fast speed, introduce something every day and then have it be dead and old by Friday. Like it's just a weird thing and kids are used to it. So Bo's right. We're not kids anymore. So it's frustrating, but this I at least think is an interesting stab at trying to say, well, what if, you know, what if these things were made in such a way that they were, they were more like the games you guys want to play. I mean, there's still, there's limits, right? Like, the last thing I see John doing is going, oh, finally, I can prop my six-inch phone up here and then uh, pair, pair my PS4 controller with it and play for the next six hours. Like, I still don't see you doing that. But they may, like, Oceanhorn 2 looks amazing. It's one of the games coming with it. Um, I want to play that thing. I loved Oceanhorn 1, and it was even better uh, on a controller, which I played with a MiFi controller, and I would love to play a sequel to that. So I'm not against any of this i just hope it reaches I, I hope the games themselves can transcend the other limitations like well it's mobile devices they should be fun quick experiences that you're just in and out of like what do you do about narrative what do you do about long form like there's a lot of questions about how these serve us as the kind of players we are but it's um it's a big deal because you know it's done 499 i think it's what the 20th they said i think that's right which is ironic. Yeah, it was soon. Same, it was super soon. Same date yeah. as uh, my Switch Lite gets here and my copy of um, uh, uh, Link Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Here's the crazy thing. That might be the game that gets me to somehow buy a Switch. Yeah. I don't know when that's actually going to happen, but man, do I want to play that new Link's Awakening. Tempting, tempting, right? Like it's And it's the game I've played already of the bunch. I mean, granted, it's very different looking than the Game Boy game, but it it's, you know, I know the story. I know what happens. I know what you do. I know what you fight. But I just there's something so charming about how that game looks. You'll be able to make your own dungeons. Is that true? Uh, there's that. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. Is that a thing? You earn, yeah. like, rooms. It's like a uh, part of the game is, like, you can earn dungeon rooms. Yeah. And as you earn dungeon rooms, then you can build out your own dungeons and then go nuffle and riff them, basically. Can I, sh- can I uh, share them with everybody and stuff? I assume I, I don't know if it has that. Yeah, but, but probably. you want to know how you have to do it? Codes! Codes! No, worse. Oh. What? What? You load them into amiibos. Oh, no. Shut up. What? <laughs> yep. And then you but, give other people the amiibo to then scan into theirs. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know you could write to an amiibo. That's crazy. Is that true? How are people not hacking the hell out of everybody's switches by hacking amiibos? That seems seems like you would do that, huh? Well, <laughs> Here, hey, check, hey kid, check this out. Five hundred and sixty-two ROMs on this amiibo. You should buy it. <laughs> give me ten bucks. Well, I'm looking forward to Nephilim rifting uh, as much Zelda as I can, but um. But yeah, like uh, Nintendo does have that one advantage. And even in their case, when they try to do mobile iterations of their stuff, they've never been full Nintendo games, obviously. But they've had their own quirks and charm from Nintendo. But the games themselves, and I don't count Pokemon Go in this case because this is the Pokemon company and has nothing to do with Nintendo, although they get a percentage of profit from it. But, um, you know, games like that Mario Runner game and they did, uh, what's the other one? They did the Animal Crossing one. Yeah. There was a Fire Emblem one. I don't know if Nintendo actually had any play in that. They might have. They did. Characters that appeared on their system. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's a Nintendo published and everything. It's just that those efforts, which are relatively recent, even then they 
they just naturally feel watered down. And it's hard to say why except for two factors. One, again, mobile gaming has this rap of being a free-to-play nightmare. And their games are all free-to-play that they've decided to do here. Uh, But also, even though phones... Like, if, if I go buy a new phone today, or this new phone they announced yesterday, is... Uh, legitimately faster than the Switch or any other kind of handheld device. Uh, same goes for the new Samsung Galaxy stuff. These are really fast machines, and they put other handheld gaming to shame in terms of capability. But what they don't have is decent controls. Everything is finger-based, and that's where it breaks for me. So yeah. I hope I can find some... I'm going to try this service. We can talk about it on the show. Um, they're giving a free month plus, uh, or yeah, a free month to try it out. And uh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to try it on everything from an Apple TV down to a phone and whatever I can in between. And we'll talk about it. We'll see if it's, it's something to you know watch or not, or if any of us care about it or not. I don't know. I just know there were, like I we had a bunch of kids over here today because Kim did this cooking thing at the house anyway it's a long story but there were a bunch of 10 year old girls over here (laughs) and they were all just so loud in the other room and i could barely stand it but they're stoked about this like you asked me are you guys excited about that oh my gosh i'm so excited my i don't know if my ipad's too old but i'm so excited and like they're losing their minds so maybe this is just Hmm. some of this is generational man i don't know i don't know man well i mean apple you know people like apple products yeah they do they sell all right. I get, you know, they, they do well. Seems to be a there's thing. There's a generation of people who aren't concerned about the hardware that's running in their no, they don't care. computer. That's what's different so now, right? I was with a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, it caused a delay of like an hour and a half of what we were about to do. But like, um, I guess he'd booted his, he'd moved his computer from one area of the living room to another. And then when he moved it back, it said, your CPU fan is not working. Oh. And he calls me in a panic. And he's like, is my computer going to melt? I spent so much money on this. I just got it. And so he spent an hour and a half on like Discord video chat trying to get him to put the phone in so I could see if the fan was spinning and all that. And I'm like, it kept describing. He's like, is that the CPU? And he pointed at some chip on the motherboard. And I'm like, <laughs> no! For the Do you not know what a heat sink looks like? For the love of Mike. And I was getting like so frustrated because I'm like, this is taking forever because you know nothing about the components inside your computer. Yeah. Because if you did, this call would take like five minutes. Instead, it took an hour and a half because I had to educate the person right. who's probably already forgotten. It's been like four days yeah. about what a heat sink looks like and what a fan looks like. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the fan was uh, stopped and we got it going by simply just giving it a little tap. It was like, nothing. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the, you're you're right though. Everything is so the automated. The next generation, a lot of them are just like, "What's the heat sink?" Yeah, they like, don't know. They don't know, and it's okay that they don't know. Like that's their okay. thing. Like you, when when I was a when I was a baby, computers were mainframes and very expensive, and un you know nobody could get them. Now they're ridiculously accessible, and I also don't want to build any more PCs. I went through that phase in the '90s. I don't want to do that anymore. But I so I I, I don't have any judgment for it. No, I'm not saying you don't want to do it, but like what excites me, you know that giant list of gibberish when you buy a computer? Yeah. Yeah, that that's exciting. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> when I see a cute little box in Nintendo Switch, I'm like, like when I see a, a giant pile of like system specs, I'm like, oh baby. 
Right. Where's four thousand dollars? Let me earn four thousand dollars as quickly as possible so I can give it to you. <laughs> like that's what you know piques my interest. <laughs> and it's, it's it's I mean I don't know if John you're the same, but that might be why our conversations about what's going on in mobile is very like uh, we don't relate to that. Well, it's very I, get a, I get a little bit the same about it. Although I did notice the world passed me by a little bit. There was definitely a age where my interest was very into it and i could have told you every component at a glance i could have told you what uh what was new what was upcoming all of that and then it got to a certain point where i was like this computer doesn't have an agp slot on it what's it use (laughs) they're like and somebody said pci was like that doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) because i didn't realize that they meant pci express and that that was a new technology i just hadn't caught up i wasn't up on the uh cool computer building lingo and so for me that was like what no agp slot you're using pci and it's better i don't understand the world anymore yeah but no i'm still with you it's easy to fall off on that stuff and i'm the same but i also appreciate like in nintendo's case they kind of make magic and you don't care where it comes from and i think that mobile hasn't caught that they don't know how to do that they haven't figured it out, but Nintendo figured it out across the board of devices and they've had their downtimes. I don't want, you know, I'm not forgetting Wii U's and I'm not forgetting, you know, the mediocre reception of the GameCube, although I love that freaking thing. Um, I like the GameCube. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, you know, I know they've had their moments. The game or the, uh, what was it called? The Virtual Boy. That was poop. Uh, Virtual Boy? It was cool. Virtual I mean, Boy. I remember thinking all that stuff was pretty cool. And that's why I say it's a young, I think it's just, Either my age or my taste at this juncture. Sure. You know, but they also do a thing virtual where... Virtual Boy. Yeah, mm, Virtual Boy. Like, they'll put out a system now, and they'll go, we put Doom 3 on it, and it runs like shit. And you're like, <laughs> this is a modern console playing a game that came out when I was in school still, yeah. and it's playing terribly. But then you play one of their first party games, and it's one of the best-looking things you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And you're like... How does this work? It's like pumping magic out. I, I, I don't know. It just, it, it produced, they know how to make magic. And in games, I think that's just crucial and needed. There's other companies that do this occasionally. I think Blizzard's had a great run of seemingly pumping out magic, you know, having a bit of a, a, a an identity crisis at the moment. But, you know, for years, that was kind of their thing. Valve certainly has conjured that sort of thing up when they were making games more actively. Uh, you know, I think that stuff's so important to this business. These little creative corners where you're like, you can always count on that. What's coming out of that shoot over there is going to be rad. And it's going to look amazing. And you're not even sure why it's so addicting and fun. You don't know why. It just is. Like somehow magic yeah. people are doing some dark, you know, some dark magics behind a door. And First uh, party stuff's always better too. Like, because you need skill sets. Like PlayStation doesn't code the same way as xbox or switch so if, you, if you're a first party developer and you you know the nintendo architecture, you know you can leverage all the juice out of it that you can because you know that system you're designing for that system yeah that's more true in but the like, past than third party now, games yeah. Yeah. port is a word that's thrown around but like if you're even simultaneous launches like i remember um, what was it was it skyrim that had the huge problem with memory uh, PS- on launch be- on the PlayStation yeah, be- PS3, in- for that issues. reasons because it's like programmed for PC right. and they got to program it for Xbox. There's a whole bunch of rework that they have to do because yeah. it's not 
one to one the same program. Well, back then, you had the, back then you had the x eighty six architecture on PC. You had um, Microsoft was using a um, Power PC platform, which was an IBM platform at the time. And uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Oh, and Sony had their own proprietary thing. So doing that across the board was a pain in the ass. If you ask any devs from the time, these days a little easier. Xbox yeah. One and PlayStation Four are basically PCs. So, you know, you're seeing less of that problem. The problem you're seeing right now is PC games are looking better than the consoles and running better than the console equivalents at kind of a record rate. Like they need new consoles because we're just we're just aging out of them is what's happening there. But but anyway, someone brought up uh, Nintendo Labo. That was very successful for them. They did really well with Labo. They have more Labo stuff coming out. Nintendo Nintendo's weird, man. They're freaking weird. The kind of risks they take are weird and sometimes they work sometimes they don't but no matter what you're always just like yeah nintendo look at that shit they're doing but nobody's i've yet to play a mobile game where i went man the future of gaming and i don't mean tech i mean all the tech's amazing but i never once went oh the future of games is clear now and it's and its new home is on mobile not once but I'm sure some kid probably no, you has. never you never played any game loft games and thought, geez, what an innovative game. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. Dragon Game Loft again. You know what? They used to be the most I don't know if they still do this, but the in the day, every game they made was a direct ripoff of something. Every single game. Sure. Everything. Yeah. Literally everything. And like it's hard to be mad at them because on the one hand, you know, they're the ones breaking in mobile cash. So I mean like it's annoying, but also I get it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's actually a pretty fairly standard practice on most mobile stores is if you have a name, if you have a catalog of games that have had eyeballs and have been popular and you have the money to back it, you just find something that's addictive that can be monetized and you make a clone of it. Yep. And the search algorithms will favor you. The people will find you. You don't have to be the first one to create it. Eyeballs will just go to you. And I mean, it's such the Wild West that you basically just steal other people's work and get a ton of money to do it. They're Demon Hunters or what's that series? They have a game, something Hunters. Dungeon Hunter. Dungeon Hunter. Diablo, yeah, basically. Totally. One through five now they're up to. Um, the recent ones are really bad but the first one was least they must be they must be laughing about diablo immortal <laughs> they're like yeah boo boo yeah. <laughs> boo diablo come play dungeon Hunter. yeah no kidding <laughs> diablo like why should, like it's insane that we boo mobile games when gameloft is out here just making money off all these innovative games mm -hmm. like you make an innovative game and then gameloft's like oh we, thank you yeah and that, that, <laughs> they taking all the money like if anything more first party developers should be developing mobile games in order to squash the parasites in the mobile world well they're they're uh what was that thing called order and chaos the wow clone that was on phones i played that it was ridiculously well made for a ripoff like for a mobile game at that a and that a at that time yeah. it was like no oh, this is cool yeah it was, it was like low poly but like you got the this is a world and i'm pressing attacks like hot, hot keys and stuff yeah that yeah. guy's got quests i'm doing quests i got some armor like you're doing the stuff we almost started this is oh my gosh this takes me way back to like oh nine but we almost started a aie chapter in uh, a guild chapter in that freaking order and chaos game yeah. this close i played it up i played it for a little bit actually i don't know where i got i think it was a swamp of some kind <laughs> right 
That's the other but thing is everything was just like, oh, nondescript orc who looks like every World of Warcraft orc ever made. And then now here are some people that look like the Alliance, but their name is like the alley. No, and... You want to see what a game looks like without the polish on it. Like those are the game loft games. It's totally. Like, totally. It's functionally what it's based on. Yeah. And that's about it. They even had a Starcraft ripoff that I can't remember the name of, but it was <laughs> pretty cool. legit. Like I would play it and get annoyed. I was like, this is f- more fun than it should be. And it makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> and that so was like, I wish the people that were booing Diablo immortal, like kept that in mind that, Game Loft has made five Diablo Immortals, and Blizzard hasn't seen a cent of it. <laughs> yeah, not a and, that, and that's just one example. There are so many knockoffs of that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Well, the whole, in, I mean, whatever. Diablo is so influential that I feel like half the games I ever play have They'll taken do ideas well because Blizzard's, you know, a recognized, respected brand and all that. And, you know, and if they do it right, I'm sure it'll go well for them. Yeah. But. Dungeon Hunter has been around for like 10 years. Yep. <laughs> it's not even funny. Like, it's not even funny how long they've been scooping up money off of other people's IP. Yeah. And not only that, 10 years for any other like proper game company would be like, ah, oh, 10 years of Warcraft or 10 years of whatever you get all excited about. This is just 10 years of plastic, like just nothing, like, like <laughs> artificial air. Like no one, can, no one goes. Ah, oh, Dungeon Hunter Two. Do you remember the times we? No, you don't. It's just it's a... five dudes in an office pod going like, "Man, this is hilarious." <laughs> That's because Dungeon Hunter Two isn't interested in giving you a good experience. Dungeon Hunter Two, like a lot of mobile games, is there to just make you remember the thing that it's lightly trying to be and go. Oh yeah, I did like Diablo a lot. Yeah, this does remind me of Diablo. I admit to being suckered into it because I wanted. There was a long time there where I was like, man, oh. why doesn't Blizzard do a version of their games here so I don't have to play everyone else's faker games? You know, and now the right. tides have turned. We're all Blizzard's bit... literally doing this to themselves now. Yeah. Wow are. Classic, if you want to make a real controversial statement, is nothing Uh-oh. but riding the popularity of a thing that existed 15 years ago. And now it's the number one game on Twitch. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't think that it's the game that's actually better. It's just been advertised well. It is a neat little like let's look back it's playing on nostalgia it's playing on your love for a thing that existed it's playing on a hey curious come look at this thing it's attractive to a whole group of people and you're sitting down and going oh yeah i do remember this like they're basically playing off of nostalgia of themselves at this point yeah the funny bit is you could fit i was looking at the file sizes the other day you could fit all of classic on a phone not saying they should do this but it's, mm-hmm. it's freaking tiny. It's like so tiny now. It's like nothing. You can put it on the phone easy. I kind of wish they'd do that. <laughs> I'd play it there more. <laughs> they should. You, you got a fat finger all over your abilities. That's fine. Look, I don't care. I, if you go back and you play a Paladin and Classic, yeah. that class could basically be a mobile game. Yeah. You basically sit there, you hit a couple buffs on yourself, you watch yourself hit things for a while. Yep. Then as your cooldowns come up, you put them back on and continue to hit things. Like, it's basically just an energy thing. You just watch very passively and just go, all right, well, I'm auto-attacking. Yep. They should okay, They should have put they, that buff back on me. All right, good. 
Yeah. Good. Sidian's right. But wow. So I think Paladin's going to make be easy because it'll be a definitely nerfed to warriors. Well, That's- they they would just call it World of Warcraft Paladins, and that would be the mobile game, and it's just Paladins. That's all you play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just play a Paladin. Yeah, I think that'd be and something. When things get tough, you hit your bubble, and then you hit your Hearthstone, and you go, "All right." Sidian says, "Wow's back on third, uh, back down to third on Twitch, but still, it's an impressive feat. Actually, that's wow, so wow, good. That game's old as hell. Oh, I know. Like that, it's really <laughs> that old. It's there. it's like if everybody was suddenly playing Skyrim and it was number two and three in, on Twitch again. It's it's not that different from that. Like in terms also, of yeah, I recently streamed some some WoW. Yeah. I've watched Bo stream a lot of WoW, so understand this is where I'm coming from when I say this." But WoW is like the most boring game in the world to watch be played. So, with I'm it also being playing Warrior, which makes it worse. Anywhere yeah. up yeah. there, <laughs> it's worse. Anywhere up there is impressive because it's super boring. Yeah. I think the one thing that I like about it is because it is a bit more passive. You can have good interaction with the people watching. You can communicate back and forth and all that. It's not so twitchy that you like lose the chat and then have to spend 10 minutes at the end of a match going, all right, let's get caught up on chat. Like Mm -hmm. you can have a good social interaction while you're doing it. And that makes for a fun stream. So I I see some appeal there, but like it's bad for the streamer because I died three times talking to chat. (laughs) Yeah, that can happen to my health bar. I'm like, I got to cool off, max up my health, make sure no one's around. I'm just like, oh, crap, I'm dead again. I was answering somebody's question. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I think that whole thing, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again, has been a really positive injection into the Blizzard community. Um, but, you know, I, I am st- I'm starting to see it slip a little, not just in anecdotal ways, like I'll hop into a WoW, uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute because that's a whole other thing. But I'll hop into WoW and I'll look at my friends list and it's full. Um, I don't have any open spots, so there's always somebody playing something. And most of my friends... Uh, I'll say for the first week there, like 99% of my friends were playing classic today. It's like, I don't know about half of them are in there and I know some are hopping back and forth and all of that. I mean, I can't keep track of all of them, but that seems about right. Seeing it slip on Twitch a little bit. The fact that it's a third is insane. Still. It's great. Like I love all this, but it's uh, you know, we're now at that reckoning point. Die off. Yeah, we're at this I point part, where I want, I want to see what starts of it's happening. it's explained by the people who were in my chat. Because so some of the reason why I streamed so much WoW Classic this past week because I wanted to play with people on voice comms and do organized stuff. No, nobody watching is playing. Yeah. Um, if a couple were playing, not on my server. Uh, the few people who did jump onto my server were too low level. Yeah. Um, because I got started. Uh, but the key is that a lot of people were responding that, oh, no, I came here to watch and get the nostalgia from watching. And I was like, oh, that kind of explains the numbers. Anyone who didn't, who still wanted to enjoy the nostalgia but didn't want to actually play it are playing whatever game they're playing and then hopping into a stream and checking it out sort of that way. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. That's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine that they get it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ninja was streaming WoW Classic. Yeah, sure. Shroud was streaming WoW Classic. He was part of nuts. All these people who are known for like first person shooters were like, yeah, well, I played a lot of WoW back in the day, so let's do this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it's all these folks are going to go back to the games that they were playing now that the races are over. Yeah. And uh, it'll probably settle into a, a niche thing. Yeah, I don't expect to see it on the top of Twitch games for 
much longer. And I want to, and I and I'm, and and at that point, I just want to know what Blizzard is, does. Like, if it, if they, I don't know, I don't know. That's a the perennial question on the instance is, what does Blizzard do now that Classic is out and they see the resp- the response? Do they do anything? Do they add more? Do they keep it on its own? I mean, we went, we talked about this ad nauseum a couple of weeks ago, but. We don't have to do it again, but I am. That's the my number one big curiosity right now. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, real quick, they're making a remake of Face Off. I just had to get that out there. I'm annoyed by it. Uh, here's Did the here's, John Woo direct that. Yes, it's John yeah. Woo's third American film. I think he did his first was Hard Target. I was a giant John Woo nerd in the '90s. I love. Was it a Broken everything. Arrow? Broken Arrow. Oh, that's what I meant. What I say, Hard Target? No, it's Hard yeah. Target, not Broken Arrow. Hard Target was his first one. That was the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme set down in the, the South. Da- most dangerous game ripoff, that kind of thing. It's great. Great movie. Totally should watch it. I love it still. He punches a snake. It's amazing. Uh, and then, <laughs> second one was... Broken Arrow was after after Face Off, wasn't it? Ah, oh, shit. I can no, just I'm pretty sure up. Broken Arrow was the first one. John. When did he do Mission Impossible 2? Um, was the first one. No was not his first one or the first one it was two um okay here you go john woo imdb here are his films in america uh hard target that was 93 broken arrow 96 so you were right face off 97 okay black oh no i'm sorry mission impossible 2 2000 and then he did a lot of stuff no one watched, like Wind Takers or Wind Talkers, Hostage, Paycheck. I mean, I've seen these, but I don't know if anyone else has. <laughs> I bought the DVD on sale of Wind Talkers. I think I'll, I never watched. You it. never watched it? It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's not his greatest. I doesn't. I don't know if it's bad or not. That's just, that's how uninteresting the movie ended up being. Here's what I'm excited about, though. He hasn't done anything for a while. He is making a remake of I think his masterpiece, The Killer, which was a Hong Kong film. You can still get. It's all you know either dubbed or subtitled an amazing film uh and he's chow young fat in that yes or was i don't know if he'd still be in this new thing or not but he's making a killer Isn't that the one with the big shootout scene that's famous uh I there's shootout scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> i was gonna say what in a john woo movie you're thinking of i think you're thinking of the one that's now like that's eight. the one that had the dove in slow motion right? <laughs> right that's the one no you're thinking of the one that was like eight minutes of un- uninterrupted Shooting is that the one you're thinking yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that was from. Um, Cameron probably knows what it is. That's hard boiled. Hard boiled is awesome. Oh, uh, that sounds right. Hard boiled is so good, and that was the last thing he did before he came to the states. Um. Anyway, the point is, Face Off was a thing of its time. It was a thing of the perfect time to get somebody like Nicolas Cage and somebody like um, what's his name, uh, Jim Bob, John Travolta. John Travolta in the same room doing this hammed up freaking impression of each other. It was important that all three of those factors came together, John Woo and those two guys. I don't think you replicate that now. And honestly, I don't think you even need the John Travolta. <laughs> you don't do you? you? Think it's, it's just <laughs> Nick Cage. It's like, honestly, think about the movie and the two actors in it. Yeah. And then think about replacing just one of them. <laughs> and I think about like, well, what if it was somebody other than Nick Cage? And I go, mm, I know. Be, 
No, you couldn't do it. I agree. And then I think, there... well, what if it was someone other than John Travolta? And I go, yeah, it could literally be anybody. <laughs> is there an upcoming Nick Cage? Is there a new Nick Cage? Or is he no, really the new okay? Nick Cage is current Nick Cage. Yeah, there is no new Nick Cage, I don't think. It sounds like you've done the science on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the man. <laughs> Um, also, John Woo has a great nose mole. I'm just throwing that out there. It's really rad. Anyway, uh, so uh, awesome. that's. I just wanted to mention that. That's just a little thing. Cool. Just wanted to get that out of the way uh, before we talk about what we've been playing this week and what we're screwing around with. So I've been playing tons of World of Warcraft, and uh, you're thinking, oh, cool, Scott. Nice to see you back in Classic. No, it's been all retail. But you got to remember, Classic is singularly responsible for me getting completely fired up again uh, for wow and we talked about it last week at length but it's still going i'm grinding out my rep i'm probably going to get flying i got all kinds of stuff going on that i usually hate and i'm doing it anyway so what's the deal i don't know i went down the exact same road as you since we're talking about wow we might as well it's on all of our lists we can we can go around the horn about it yeah. uh, i had the exact same thing happen i kept thinking you know what it'd be fun to just stream classic and and have that be a streaming game and then i can play regular wow if i just feel like playing it and, and not have to stream it and i didn't feel like streaming i felt like you know watching netflix and playing a game so i jumped into current wow and now i'm hooked yeah. i you know, honestly, I think the biggest problem with this current patch for WoW yeah. is that they start you in Najatar, yeah. which is friggin' abysmal. <laughs> I hate that place. I don't like it either. Like, uh, it's beautiful, but my goodness, do I hate doing anything there. Well, you know what I the think problem is? It's because up... all the paths suck. It's like everything's a curly cue to get anywhere. So if it's like, oh, there's a world quest over here I have to do, it makes sense that I would kind of go that direction. No. Go back here, go up nine flights of stairs, get on the top level, cross through an alliance camp. It's That stuff's the worst. Yeah, like I might change my tone on Najatar once I get flying, but the problem is I got to spend a lot of time there before I get flying. Right. And so right now I don't have it, so I just hate that place. Yeah, I, don't I think love it's it. I think it's awful. And I don't like its, its setup of like, all right, we got daily quests for you. Go do them. Yeah. It does. Right. It does you want, feel you a want little. Want to fight a rare? Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's a little. Is it going to drop anything good? No, not really. Yeah. Like friend? It's like no. Burning Crusade came back and said, "Hey, remember those blue question marks or uh, exclamation points? Got some of those in here for you. Let's go do that every day." So look, it's not the look, best. You can choose between three little water goblins to play with. Yeah. You want to play with the healer? <laughs> no, not really. If you level him up, he can heal you. Then why is he the healer? If he can't heal right out of the gate, what's the point of him? Yeah. It's Get a... stuff with a stick till you level him up. <laughs> um, I just don't like Nashatar at all. Yeah. But I went to Mechagon, and oh my gosh, do I love Mechagon. I do too. I love Mechagon so much. That place is my jam. I want a whole and... MMO in Mechagon is what I want. I love it there. Oh, that place is rad. The yeah. fact that it rains in places and everything goes rusty and, mm -hmm. and messed up. And, yep. Yep. you know, like the, the rares actually seem to drop things of consequence there. That's just, it's not just like, well, no, your goblin friend likes you. It's, it's, it's mad maxi as hell. There's just like a really cool vibe to everything there. I am 100% in agreement with you. I think, I think Mechagon is, is rad. And I argue with Garrett with this every week because he loves. Nash Tatar can't stand Mechagon. Same, just swapped. 
And, and see, that's the thing is that's so weird is I feel like, and Scott, tell me if you feel this too. Yeah. It almost feels like they had a schism in the development team. Hmm. When it, when they sat down and they're like, let's let's decide what we're doing for Endgame here. Yeah. And there was a schism. And some people were like, a bunch of quests and water goblin rep and curly Q paths. And the other team was like, none of that. <laughs> and they couldn't agree. And finally, someone came in to mediate and said, OK, look, we're each giving you a zone to design. Go design a zone. Because there's clearly passion for Najatar. Um, I, you know, ever since I started throwing out my take that Mechagon was way better, I've been getting people saying, like, no, Najatar's the better zone. It's yeah. like far and away, it's the better zone. And I just can't understand them. Yeah, I don't like, get it. Like, it is, it, it is night and day to me. It's not even a case of, well, I can kind of see their point. Like, it seems insane to like that one compared to, to the other. So I almost wonder if the development team felt that same way. But it also makes me wonder, like, why can't both these concepts exist in the same zone? Oh, in the same place. Yeah, that's an interesting right. point. I mean, the, this particular expansion has made a point of separating a lot of stuff and having two very distinct places to do everything. And that's been since the beginning all the way to where we are now. Um, even raids for the first time were, you know, split where people started and where they ended up. Um, so... I think part of this might just be them trying to appeal to a certain style on one side and to a certain style on the other. And it's just hitting it for us and other people who like the uh, buried freaking elf shit that now is exposed because the water went away. That appeals to, you know, th those sensibilities or something. Whereas just kind of this playground of Mechagon is what you and I, I don't know. It's weird. It is very weird. I'll, I'll, I agree with you hundred percent. And it makes me not want to spend any time in Nazitar and spend all my time. And Mechagon. Yeah. It's very I weird. went to Mechagon and within five minutes they were like, You want a jetpack? And I was like, Hell yes, I want a jetpack. Why wouldn't I want a jetpack? Yeah. This is amazing. It's got, they've got really cool stuff over there, no question. But they but they it's it's so weird though, to get back to the overall arc here, that in both our cases, it's you know, I I, I really can't credit anything but classic for for firing me up. Not to play classic though. I got my three and a half hours in. I'm good. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to play this other thing, and I have been, and I'm still working on my warrior who's level 36 or something now, and uh, he's great. Like, I'm just having a great time in WoW, and you sometimes forget also that WoW is the perfect, I got a Netflix thing going on, and I'm going to watch that while I play this video game and make progress. Uh, it's yep. just perfect for that stuff. It's just the, there aren't enough video games to let me do that. So, hats off. So, Bo, you ding twenty nine, yeah? How'd that go in in classic? Bo's Bo's going all the way. I mean, it's going. It's slow and steady. <laughs> are you I'm gonna, having fun? Are you gonna go all the way to sixty? Do you think? Probably. Yeah. I mean, if I keep playing, if I as soon as I drop off on interest, I'm probably just out for all of it. But. Uh, it's kind of fun for the same reason that you're probably enjoying it. Just log in and kind of casually do your stuff. Uh, I've yeah. been enjoying. I've been enjoying the way the questing works in it. So that's good. Yeah, twenty nine did it. Did dungeons did... seem like really take a long time to get to? It's, you know, there's a there's sort of an epicness to it. Walking back out, not just blinking out of invisibility after the dungeon runs done. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of tactile aesthetic that i'm still digging so i mean as long as i keep sort of 
enjoying it. Like I have Gears Five installed, and I chose to play WoW over it two nights in a row. So I'm I'm like, there's something to it. But I'm just wondering when I'll finally lose interest. I just sort of assume I will. So well, that's yeah. Different... I saw you. Uh, I saw you run a dungeon, and I, I like that Deeps. dungeon a lot. I love that dungeon actually. But man, it felt like you were in there for a small eternity. It really reminded me. And <laughs> about two I, hours. Would, yeah. I would have said that that was like a tiny dungeon, like a one that you can run super quick. You can do it in like 10 minutes in, in vanilla, 15 maybe. <laughs> really? But, at, at level? But, but, that doesn't sound right. I mean, you can go do an old one, I guess. But it Well, when you're leveling up and you do LFD, you can get in there and do it quick. Some of them are even broken up into smaller chunks. So they don't. Yeah. It's like the uh, Heroes of the Storm game design where it's like, what matches the last 20 minutes? So decisions are made to try and put it into a certain amount of time. And right. I'm like, here I am, my two-hour run of Black Fathom Deeps. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. I just loved this feeling like of this is a dangerous place. I had to travel a long time to get there. And now that I'm here, there's danger around every corner. So I'm having a good time. It's so fun to watch people like you play Um who are really enjoying classic that aren't dicks now let me make that let me make a clarity <laughs> point here i don't think everyone playing classic are being dicky but there are a few who just refuse to just enjoy their game and leave everyone else alone and i like i like your sort of approach to it your more mature approach and i think that's great and you know here's the it's so funny to me to think about this but it's not just mmos now that are uh, that that have lost some of that tactile thing you're talking about. I'm always on the hunt for an MM or excuse me, just an RPG, single player, or otherwise, that gives me that level of immersion that those that those first couple of years of WoW gave people. Really hard to find. Like nobody makes it like that anymore. All of it's got you, arrows telling you where to go, and I mean, I guess I, I should be playing the Souls games probably if that's what I'm looking for, because apparently that's where things are hard. But I don't Actually, like that. You kind know of what hard... I think is a real good example of what we're talking about mm. is um, Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm. Yeah. That is a game not in a hurry to do a damn thing. <laughs> right. As long uh, dungeon. No. <laughs> no, but like <laughs> that two hours that you spent in that dungeon is like a horse ride in Red Dead Two. Everything in that game is meticulously animated and drawn out. There is no like, all right, I'm going to just put my horse here and, and leave. It's, all right, I got to get up. I got to slow down. That's going to take a moment for a horse to stop. Now I got to get off my horse. We're not in a real rush to do it now. Yeah. We're going to get mm. off All slow. right, we're I'm off. Th- now let's make sure we've got the reins around the hitching post. Yeah. Good. We're secured. Let's make sure we give the horse a little pat. Let them know life's good. Yeah. Is there fast right. travel in the game? Now or let's just saunter um, around. I'm trying to remember the fat the way fast travel I, works fast in travel? there. You can unlock something in there. What is it? It's like a you might be able to do like trains, maybe. Maybe that might be it. There there is a way to unlock some stuff like that. But you're right. For the most part, that game is a more deliberate approach. And it makes you approach the world in a different way. And a lot of stuff is much more dangerous as a result. Uh, I think that's why I stopped playing it on PlayStation 4. Not because of those reasons, but because I was like, I know this is going to be on PC. And I know I'm going to play it again there. And I know I'm going to play that with friends and their online stuff. So why am I doing this here? 
Like yeah, it was in a... going to be on PC? Oh, Garen. I guarantee it. I think it leaked, actually. There was there was already like a, a posting that existed that got pulled. Mark my words. Oh. It will happen. If but it... the, the thing that I find interesting about this, and, and Bo, you kind of reminded me of it, is like I don't have in my schedule time to go into a dungeon that could potentially take two hours. Like that's mm -hmm. hard for me to do. That's hard for me to find the time to do. Right. Yeah. Um, unless I really deliberately plan it out. Um, and if I was streaming, that's actually a really good time to do it because I can justify it as well. I'm doing some. But I think that game developers have kind of seen this trend to get away from all of that. And they've said, oh, we need to make our games tighter and faster and ways to do things quick and this, 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 and let's do really set rhythms. And I think we're losing a lot of like what made WoW unique for that kind of languish pace. Like that evolved into what WoW is over 15 years. Right. That's a, that's a long time for a game to evolve and turn into something different. Now it feels like development tends to be on more, Oh, let's develop at what current WoW's pace is rather than let's develop things that are deliberately paced like what WoW Classic is. Right. So if there's anything that I kind of wish is, is like Scott was saying, I kind of miss those games. There are times where I want that. Yeah. There are times I don't. I appreciate that current WoW isn't WoW Classic, but that doesn't mean I never want to play a game ever that makes me dedicate two hours to a dungeon. Right. So I, I would like to see maybe not just a Blizzard lesson, but a company-wide lesson of you don't have to make a game that's just boom, 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 onto the next thing. You can make a game that takes its time and tells a story or builds an environment or builds a feel. Right. I, I just I think that stuff's just less and less these days. Everything is more streamlined, and in some ways I appreciate that and want that. And an RPG, I want to just get lost in the texture of the place and also this it could be that i'm just now desensitized to what that wonder is you know like once yeah. you've played i don't know the first time i played mario 64 i just remember being dumbfounded how how amazing that world was to me i just couldn't believe the depth and the the, the what 3d did to that and then how great that game was and how big it felt well, if I went back and played it today, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is like a, a, a tiny smidgen of what like a new Mario game is. But, you know, our brains are weird and we, we get used to something. And once we've seen it, we've kind of seen it. But if Red Dead hits PC, that was partially why I did that. I'm like, if I play this hardcore here, I'm going to not do it on PC because I'll have overspent my time with it. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to stop here while it's still fresh in my head. I still want to play this, but I'm going to wait because I know it's coming. Guaranteed. I'll bet you next year, surprise announcement, bam, it's on PCs. 2020. That's my call. I'm calling it. You watch. <laughs> uh, all right. That's uh, it for that. Oh, Bo, uh, you and I both, I know John downloaded it. You uh, got gears on the hard drive. Oh, but... you have it downloaded, John? I have it downloaded, yeah. yeah. Uh, can we play today? We should play. Why don't we play? We should totally yeah, play. We can try multiplayer or not. Um, I played quite a bit, actually, of the campaign in Gears 5 and a bunch of multiplayer a lot of it i was doing just so i could talk about it on the show um i think the campaign's super good i think it's really good actually and i think it's also helping me that i haven't played since gears 2 or end of 2 start of 3 um because i was 
I, I, I haven't been in the world that world for a while. Haven't done these mechanics for a while. It all it's all feeling kind of fresh and nice. So I'm not feeling burned out on it or like this is too much like four or whatever a complaint might be. It feels pretty fresh to me, and it's been a while. And it's fun seeing characters I remember from those games who are now like presented as old, uh, but are still kicking it. You know, Marcus Phoenix in there still yelling at the sky and doing what he does, and hearing those voice actors again is always cool. But anyway. I think the campaign's really good. I'm not going to get into any detail. Just to say, I think it's, let's say we've come a long way. Uh, this game runs really good on my PC. It looks amazing. Just a glitch-free, beautiful environments. Just a, a wonderful to behold. I'm running it on the high texture pack, which is also super nice. High, or uh, whatever they call it. Nice, nice. High res texture thing. That looks really good. Here's my only complaint. The multiplayer stuff is actually fun. And I forgot how much fun, even just... Uh, Deathmatch is because most of the time in deathmatch and for so many years it was like Call of Duty style, jump up, pop up, beep, 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 guys dead, just so frantic. There's no like planning or any kind of feeling of like strategy or tenseness in those games anymore. They were just wait till I get headshot and then come back in and do it over again. They just kind of got boring to me. This game always featured this this great element, which you know a lot of people make fun of now, but it's that whole there's you know chess level walls everywhere and you got to go hide behind them and then pop up and kill stuff and that alone means you're going to have moments of standoff moments of i think he's over there but i'm going to go around this way and see if i can catch him behind one of the walls like there's a stealth aspect to it in a weird way um it's not true stealth it's hard to explain it but also the guns do a ton of damage so you have to be smart about cover and you're or you're just going to freaking die and there's also a lot of great ways for your team to help you if you do get hit or for you to help them. So there, there, you know, there's survivability stuff in there. And I ended up having so much fun in just the deathmatch mode. I played others as well. Escape from the Hive. I played um, Control Point stuff. I played, or I tried to play, uh, there was one other mode. Oh, I tried to get into one of the um, horde modes and I wouldn't, uh, for some reason, kept kicking me out. And I don't know what the deal was there. So I never got a chance to. But I played most of it. Here's my only complaint, and it's a technical one, and it's stupid, and they should patch this in ASAP. You're in there playing. They have all this multiplayer structure to support you, like you're unlocking levels, and you got new perks, and you're doing all this stuff. That's great, but every match ends. doesn't matter what you're playing, what mode you're playing. It puts you in the main menu. you got to go back in, start up a new game. What game does that in 2019 where you're in the middle of playing a game, it ends, and your next option is, oh, good job. You leveled up to five. Here's your new perks. Poop you out to the main menu where you're like, oh, well, this is where I would normally be to start the campaign again or whatever. It's dumb. Keep me in the multiplayer stuff. It's very it's weird, weird when games do that. I don't get it. Anyway. Yeah, uh, seems like seems like poorly thought out design because yes. literally all games don't let you, let you just rematch really quickly. Which is funky because the game otherwise has really smart UI, has really easy to understand stuff. Like, it's not a hard... It's a technically high. You know, there's a lot of prowess going on here. This is just one thing. You dump me out to the main menu. Like what? Why? What? You know, it's so dumb. So I suspect, as in other historical cases like this, where games don't, uh, you know, don't leave you in the multiplayer and they dump you out into the main menu, they'll just fix this with a patch. But other than that, I think this game is really cool, and I like it. And I can't believe I'm I even was shocked that. to see Beard. Oh yeah, you like Baird? Baird's a scientist now. Oh, Baird's hilarious, but he's old. Yeah, he's a geezer. Like I, so I didn't play four. I played the first three. Three was really good. Um, but man, 
I didn't realize that four featured like Marcus's kid, JD Phoenix. Yeah. What a doofus. I hate that guy. <laughs> you know what, Mo? That's the same reason I didn't play four. I saw JD Phoenix and I was like, JD. I mean, Phoenix. like no, the whole no, time. No, thank you. Five, I'm not interested. Marcus is around and he's talking to you, and I'm like, let me play Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't. But Kate is actually a really cool Kate is uh, awesome. character to play. So. Yeah. I like Kate a lot. How far did you make it in the campaigns? Um, she's she's now having really bad headaches and starting to. Are you in Act Two though? Oh yeah, I think yeah, I'm in you're playing as her. You didn't make it to Act Three in a new no, location. No, I've okay. not done that yet. Um, all right. Did you? I just started Act Three. I finished the snow area and all the side quests. Oh, okay. The open world thing, little oversold. The RPG elements also a little oversold. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing because I don't think we wanted it to be but right yeah this is another example of a game where i'm like just make it a corridor shooter yeah <laughs> it's basically a corridor shooter but i move to the you, you make me move around the spots a bit yeah and i'm like i don't it's a, it's okay it's, at least it isn't that much of a time waster that they made the map huge yeah i think they knew that sense and they're like because all the nodes so far that i've gone to feature a really challenging and fun encounter so not a complaint, but also not a feature. Why? Yeah, <laughs> it is neither we're, of those. We're things. just you just wanted to put open world in the article, I guess that you know, Craptaku wrote about. Craptaku, <laughs> they really like it. By the way, they think that game's good. Yeah, um, everyone's reviewing it well. Yeah, it seems so. to be doing pretty well. Um, the only, I mean, I've only talked to a few people that played four, and their their only complaint is like. Well, it's definitely better than four, and I like all these things about it. But at the end of the day, you're still sort of getting to cover, take shots, run to cover, get done. You know, it's still that that thing that Gears of War is. And for me, it's okay because I miss so much in between with the last two games that I feel like it's just nice to get back to what made that game kind of cool to to begin with. So I think it's you neat. will you will get your fill at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure. You know, like yeah. it's it's a. I think that's a limited burn because of. You know, once you play the campaign and do a bit of horde, usually it's you're pretty much done. The I mean, that's the that's the reason why I never beat three was even though I could recognize that it was the superior of the gears, uh, I went on a binge and played through all of one, immediately followed by two, and then immediately followed by starting three in a period of about a month, if even that. And by the time I got to three, even though I was like, Oh, this is a better game, I was like it's a better game that I'm done playing. I can't play any more Gears of War. I'm sick of this. Yeah, did you get to... Did you have to do Force Tutorial on all three of them? Like, you had to relearn. Not relearn, but, like, pretend like you're relearning all the mechanics every time you started? Because I hate that in these kind of games. I know. I, I remember a lot of times of, all right, let's go... And we're walking with our fingers in our ears. Okay, <laughs> walking with our fingers in our ears. Right. Oh, because they do this all the time. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of... Baird, get Baird. the payload on top of the building. Baird. Yeah. So he was always yelling Baird and getting pissed at Baird. Well, this... yeah, his buddy was Dom. Mm -hmm. And Dom. there was Baird was the smart ass. So he got a lot of the heat. And then there was the Coltrane, baby. Yeah. Coltrane <laughs> coming through. Choo choo. Yeah. He was great. It was such a dude bro. It was such a dude bro series to start with. But I, I like that it's a little yeah. more. It's uh, macho. 
it's a little less of that now. It's a little. It's it's got some ideas, and it's fun to watch that. It's still very much that way, but it's nice to yeah, see. It them. is. It is. I would say that Kate's pretty macho for. She's you know, pretty macho. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's they, a they energy drink come to life. A little bit. Uh, I like their combo of hey, we're space marines, kind of from it's almost Warhammer e, and then other times you're like, oh, this the architecture of this place is like I don't even know what to call it. It's like Elizabethan mixed with. I don't know what they still they still have CRT monitors there. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> they've got like laser guns and like power armor, and it's like here's a CRT monitor. Yeah, <laughs> their like... armor weirds me out. Like I kind of feel like I'm channeling Scott with my feelings on their armor because their armor it's not like big and bulky like a Terran suit. It's kind of like this weird armor vest mm-hmm. that they are always wearing, <laughs> and I just I I see it and I'm constantly like. It smells. It has to smell. Like these people are basically sweating testosterone already. Yeah. Like, and then you put them in a metal vest that they wear to every occasion. Yeah. It's Tuesday. We're going to go out for lunch. Like, I'm a scientist. Like, everybody wears these giant freaking vests everywhere they go. Oh, yeah. you'll like five then because there's actually a, there's this part where they show NPCs like crowds running around fleeing in terror from yeah. attacks and yeah. they're wearing normal clothes yeah and I, it's funny though, I know what you mean, though they're all years one like literally every npc just had a power armor suit <laughs> yeah. like here's deb from accounting she's like rain 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 here's the here's the I thing like though to do your taxes yeah. and shoot the shit out of things here's the thing though even though civilians in this one are still wide load freaking buffest people you've ever seen so even though the guy's in a suit and the lady's in a dress running past you they look like you know, Dave Batista out for a jog. It's just ridiculous, <laughs> but it's fun. But it's a step in the right direction. It is. It's fun. I like it. I think there, uh, there's a lot of complaints about the microtransactions and multiplayer. I don't care about any of that. I'm just, I'm not really in it for the, uh, skins and stuff like who cares. I mean, there are a lot of skins, I guess, and you can be Marcus Phoenix in multiplayer and you can have him in all kinds of clothes, but that's not really the draw for me. The draw for me is the actual play, and that multiplayer is pretty good. We should we should definitely try it. See how we do together. Um, oh, Bo, I had a sound. Play of, horror? Or do you want to play Escape? Uh, I could. I I like horror. Both. Escape's really yeah. short. I played a bunch of Escape. But they're really short. Like you just Did get you out escape? of there. Yeah. Oh, okay. You you go we into a hive. We can just do co-op campaign too if you guys want. Yeah, that's no, true. Let's I don't do mess the story up. Player. I don't want to be stuck as like a robot or freaking. I'll play Jack. Jack's awesome. No. Oh. By the way, the only aspect of the RPG elements, I'm like halfway through the game and it's like has RPG elements. I'm like, you're just upgrading Jack. Yeah. And you gotta find um these batteries that I've been calling Jack Juice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh sweet, it's Jack Juice. And I'm like, there's no other pickups. Leveling is literally like you find Jack Juice, you for, give it to Jack. For, for those at home who are confused by that, Jack is a floating robot that's like your support robot. Just so that makes sense. But he's was he was present in Gears One, Two, and Three. I don't know if he was in Four, but he's also like a well. You know, Dave was just Dave though, because wasn't Dave the legendary one, and then Jack's the new one? No, Dave. Dave was like some noob robot. They're like, here, I made this guy Dave, and oh, everyone's like, okay, I don't sure, remember. Dave. Come on, Dave, you, you suck. <laughs> and then Jack came back, and they're like, it's Jack. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's yeah, uh, it's cool. It's a it's a nifty game. I'm glad uh, other people are enjoying it. By the way, here's Bo hitting level 29. Here you go. There you go. Good job. Oh, I thought this was an actual sound clip. 
Well, it is, but it was something funny, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done that. That would have been good, though. Why didn't I think of it? All right. Uh, what else? Oh, I did uh, put a bunch more time into uh, that Morta game, whose name I always forget. Hold on, Children of Children Morta. of Morta. It is that. Uh, so Bo had actually recommended it back when I hadn't even heard of it, and um, so I had my eye on it, been waiting around for it. Finally came out. It's in early access. Uh, I very quickly paid up to play it because it looks like my jam, and it totally is, it turns out. That game is very, very cool. A quick quick rundown, it's basically a roguelike with like a bunch of rogue legacy-style elements to it, but also very Diablo elements to it. Um, this amazing, crazy backstory that you keep getting pieces of as you go out and adventure in these random dungeons. Um, I just think it's a really cool package and is on my short list for my favorite thing i played this year. So I'm going to keep going and see how much I like it long term. But I think Children of Morta is badass and should be played by people. It's like Diablo-like though, right? Like it's top down, you shoot at things and it's got that feel to it. Yeah, it's definitely I'm really interested feel. in it. Yeah, it's very The cool. only reason I haven't pulled the trigger is just because the games. Yeah, there's but. a lot to play right now. I totally get that. Yeah. It's not going to get any easier either. But... Classic, stupid game. I should, I should quit Wild Classic. <laughs> oh, man. Now we're going to get people writing in. They're going to have conspiracies that we convince Bone. There's nothing wrong public. with it. It's just like it is an old game, and there are like 5,000 5, games released this week and this next week. Yeah. I want to play Control pretty bad, but. Yeah, that's the one that I'm like feeling the pull on right yeah. now. Yeah. The more people talk about it, the more excited I get. Are you losing it. control over control? I am. Yeah. I need a diaper, a man diaper. If it wasn't sixty dollars, <laughs> I'd have it right now. If it, it yeah, man. if this thing was forty nine, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Also, I wish it was other places than the Epic Store. Not to bring that old dog up, but wow, look at you dogging on the store. I mean, I it's store not. Sucks. It's, it's actually kind of the first time. <laughs> it's actually the first time I thought about this in a while. But part of it is that. I don't mind things being on that store. What I mind is that store is still terrible. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. What are they doing? It's just a web page. There's nothing there. There's nothing there except games. There, there are games there, but there's no categories, tags, uh, searchable anything. Well, there I guess there's a search, but it's just. No, it took me like well, five minutes to find it, and it was a game that just came out. Yeah, it's bad. It's a terrible front end. They gotta get but that there, going. There's also some some save cross savey communication issue. I can't remember. I shouldn't open my mouth. I don't know what I'm gonna say. Uh, I don't know about. The... <laughs> but there's some back end stuff that's like also not there to do with like cloud saves, I think, or something like that. Well, cloud saves are there for most of the games that they have, but uh, there are some that aren't, which makes no sense to me. Also, that should have launched with that. And it's just I don't know. This kind of came up regarding Borderlands, and I read something, but I wanted to check it. But I guess I'll just bring it up. Why not? But apparently, there's no pre-release for Borderlands or preloading. Right. Preloading for Borderlands. Right. Uh, even though uh, Epic has preloading for like its indie games and stuff like that, but for some reason there was a problem that Epic wasn't able to offer it. And then I think this is rumor, but basically Gearbox had to build them tech so that they could preload their people could preload the game because weird the Epic Game Store couldn't handle it. <laughs> weird so like like imagine being like hey can you use your storefront sure do you mind building the display we'll carry your product on you're like yeah 
Okay. Well, plus you they know, had so the whole you couldn't get pre-release codes to reviewers. All the gaming press had to do. Yeah, there's some there's weird some weirdness going on with that. Yeah, it's pretty funky. Maybe something so, of this size is just they weren't ready. And that's my point is like they have the money. They have the they absolutely have the money and infrastructure to make this good. This store fine. Just make just get on it, guys. What are you doing over there? Like, what are you doing? You're making $1.5 million a day on iOS alone for Fortnite. You have money, Epic. Just start plugging away at it. Get that thing going. I think that's the that's the big sticker is, like, it does take time to develop things, but, like, they're they're a well-funded, <laughs> plenty of revenue to get that team in place. That these excuses really just are unacceptable, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm honestly just still concerned that the game's not going to be any good. I know that's controversial and whatever, but I'm I, the closer we get, the more worried I am. It's just Battle or it's Borderlands Two and more of it and in higher resolution. And I don't know if I want that. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I do. we'll see where I land on that. It's it's a whole thing. We'll find out. We'll talk about it on the show if any of us end up playing. It. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, pre. We'll I'm not pre-ordering anything until I, I need to see people I trust talk about it out there before I do anything. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, from the things I read, it, like it's so all over the place right now from people saying that the way they had to play the game was weird and they experienced a ton of bugs and glitches to other people saying they had no issues to some people saying it's brilliant, it's amazing, it's exactly what you want to other people saying it's literally a prettier Borderlands 2, don't bother. So yeah. I don't know. It seems all over the place. So we'll we'll see. What if it comes out and you have to jump from oxygen tank to oxygen tank to keep your air going? How would you feel then? Then it's a hard no because I never played the pre-sequel for exactly that reason. It's bad. Oh my gosh, the pre-sequels mm. made me sad. I hated that thing. I um, also think, and I know this is going to be controversial even among the people on this show, uh, the last Borderlands thing I played was Telltale's uh, Tales from the Borderlands which has put me in the mindset that I like that universe more than I think I actually do. Mm. And I think as soon as we get back to Gearbox writing the game, I'm going to be quickly reminded how much I don't actually I heard like there's the a lot of poo. universe. Yeah. I heard there's a lot of poo jokes in it. Oh, well then oh, good. we're good. That's yeah. super So exciting. I was kind of, that was a positive for me. I was like. <laughs> I love how serious you say it. It's been a real, yeah. you know, I've heard there is a great deal of feces jokes and that, I mean, you we've, know. We've, we, we've covered it like the game is not serious so i hope it definitely is definitely you know yeah it's i don't want well, like, i know that's what i that, and you've that's had what enough i'm saying is fourth one yeah right. yeah i i think for me that means not interested but maybe for others it's overall that that game um is exponentially better for every other person you play it with like when i started playing the campaign with uh, a friend and we played it all the way through all the dlc everything the game was way better, and that was my second playthrough. So I can compare my solo playthrough yeah. with my second playthrough, and the friend's experience is way better. You're talking on voice comms, you're playing, and you're having a conversation about your day, but you're also enjoying playing, you're coordinating strategies, sharing loot. Yeah, it's but way you know better. What? You don't have to share loot this time now. It's just going to, you get your own loot, your own private loot. But you can still probably swap it. I mean, you oh, probably yeah, you still can. like, I got the sweet gun. Like, you know, there's still those activities to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. I don't know. We don't know. I, I mean, but, I'm, um, I'm already, like, if you were, if, if somebody had told me up to now, 
oh, by the way, this thing still has the same loot system, I would have said, well, that's a hard no on three. I'm not playing that again. I hated that. Uh, if they were telling me it's instance loot the way Diablo works, then I'm all in, and that's what they've got. So that brought me much closer to, to a yes for me because that, that's it- crucial, even with friends. Like, I want... I, I okay. hated just sitting around like, okay, who grabbed the thing? I just saw it here. Who grabbed it? Oh, someone's yeah. got a sniper gun they didn't have before. Give me that, Bill. Like, there's that whole... Ugh, ah, brr, I hate it. I hate fighting The only advantage loot. was that discussion uh, delayed any more of their shitty jokes. <laughs> well, I guess I'm probably not playing Borderlands with you guys then. Well, I mean... <laughs> I, I'm like I'm waiting to I'm waiting for reviews to be like like well I'm waiting for an informative review that isn't trying to be all political about the game right um, to say like you know if if there's any egregious boredom with with that because pre sequel sucked and it, yeah. it was because it was boring so you know if the reviews are tepid on the fact that the game isn't fun then I'm out but. I'm probably going to get it and I'll need people to play with. I'll want to play with people. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I play it, I don't, there's playing it with you guys is all I want to do. Like that sounds like the best idea ever. Um, and it might be enough just for me to pull the trigger on that level of no alone. But I think what, what I, character you want a shotgun. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I always go. I that want to be, the, uh, you're going to be Stanley. Yeah, I want to be the Stanley guy. That's what I know him as. That's so funny that you say that. Because that's what I call him, and that's not his name. Is that the mustache yeah. guy? He's got the mustache? Now, I, yeah. Yeah, I usually play the sirens, but I kind of like the robot dude. I have, I have not fully decided. I want to hear what Scott would want to play. Because if we play it together, that'll help me narrow it. I want to know, or I want to play whoever this soldier equivalent is. Like the, the, the middle-of-the-road guy who always has turrets and stuff. Is he in this? Is no, he, no. What's what's close to that? No, There's got to be something. Three, it's three new characters. You've got. Uh, let me open it up here. You have got uh, the first one, Stanley Billings. So we'll just. Um, <laughs> He's the, been claimed. Yeah. <laughs> so the there is a a hunter, a beastmaster, who's a robot. That's Flack. That's one of the ones I'm interested in. Yeah. Flack lives for the hunt and the loyal beast. So he's he's a hunt. He's basically a wow hunter, but a robot. Um. Then there's the Siren Amara, who's like a fist fighter, but also has magic powers, I guess, basically. I don't want that. And there's Moe's the Gunner, which is a girl, but she has mechs. Okay, she, Iron she, Bear mech. she might yeah. be the one that I would go for, because she sounds like she's the closest analog to just brute force shooting. I don't want the lady who punches and does jock. magic. Yeah, Bot Jock sounds cool. I would I would do that. So that's probably who I'd go with. So, so you got John is... The assassin or, or the Stanley Billings is the assassin, right? The uh, he's an operative who has like roguelike abilities. Shocker. Oh, the soldiers soldiers in this, isn't it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Hold on. Where are the sirens saying? His the action skill is Sentinel, Digiclone, and Barrier. So, yeah, that all sounds, yeah. Like, sounds like a bunch of horse shit to me. That Mo's sounds like abilities. exactly the way I play video games. Well, then I'm playing Moe's the Hunter if we get this game. That sounds all right. Mm-hmm. It's just I think the robot's cool, but I usually play the siren person, uh, so I don't know. It's it's it's, gonna be, it's a toss up between those two, right? They now. went a very different direction with the siren. I actually think she looks super awesome, but it's oh, definitely cool. a different direction than uh, what the sirens have been in the past. Kind of wish they gave us. I wish there were more class choices. I think four is a little low, but 
don't you'll know. get them. The characters uh, are you'll coming. You'll pay for them later. Oh, yeah. They're coming. Yeah, I see. Yeah, the, the, like, yeah, there's a lot of characters that were added. A lot, a lot, two, three. There was the Psycho. There was the Mechaneer. Maybe it was just two, but they'll add characters for sure. All right. I think the difference between two and three is this one, they're they're going to have a 2019 plan for all their DLC. Because there's a ton of Borderlands 2 DLC. I imagine there's going to be a lot. What one do I have to buy? What version of the game do I have to buy to get the little memory stick full of porn? Which one's that one? <laughs> medieval Times. Medieval Times. Oh, the Medieval Times edition. All right, I'm going to buy that one. Yeah. That's what it's I'm the uh, Pitchford Parkour edition. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Google it at home if you don't know what we're talking about, because we're not getting into it here. Uh, all right. Well, that all is lovely. Let's do this right That's here. That's a good question. That's a great show toy. Yeah, no. it's a pretty good title. <laughs> well, let's, great show uh, title. let's do a quick email from a listener. This is Nicholas Sh- Sanawa, and I'm not sure I'm saying that name right, but he says, uh, our recent star, dis- uh, recent star citizen discussion. Say that 10 times fast. Here you go. During your recent episode, you had a great discussion about Star Citizen. I received a membership to the game during its initial Kickstarter, and I have dropped in here and there to see how it's doing in its development. There are brief moments when the game is really cool and delivers on the hype, but I'd say those moments last only a few seconds at best. It's still very buggy, and overall, the world feels empty. Thankfully, I've never spent any real money or anything offered, uh, or on anything offered, and I feel bad for those who have. At this point, I will go out and buy a hat then eat it if this game actually launches. Wow. He'll buy the hat and then eat the hat. <laughs> that's a that's a dedication. But I like this email. You know why I like this email, Scott? Why? Is here's a person who <laughs> bought in, wanted it to be a thing, and is accepting it for what it is. Yeah. Because I feel like too often these days we get our preconceived notion about what it is, and even in the face of too much evidence to the contrary, we double down and we go, it's not bad. It is coming out. It is a video game. And uh, Nicholas isn't doing that. Nicholas is saying, yep, it's got some cool moments, but it's still got problems. Yeah. So I think kudos I... to you for uh, recognizing Star Citizen for what it is, which is actually a bummer. I'm not like rooting for that game to suck. I want a good game like that. But... Right. I, I'm the same. I want it to be good because I love games like that. And it has huge promise. Uh, whether they can even come close to delivering on that promise is yet to be determined. But you like a good space game? Go out there and shooting shooting dudes and getting stuff. I mean, I've been waiting for it to release something. Yeah. I, I want to play Star Citizen super bad. I've been playing all these other games, and I just I'm now realizing I was a fool. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> the game's not releasing, so I'll never I'll be in my deathbed going like, wait a minute, I can't die yet. Yeah. I never actually played Star Citizen because it never released. And yeah, I was gonna say in bed, and there at your bedside, your children will grab your hand and say, "Doctor, you're, doctor. I'm sorry." Or they'll say, "Granddad, Granddad." Uh, well, they'll call you Papa, um, uh, Papa Bo. Grandpapa. They'll say, "Grandpapa Bo, that game never did come out." No, and then you'll breathe your last breath and be dead. That's how it will go. You know what's going to be awful is that game's going to wind up being the like in memoriam game for Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, like all these amazing actors they got to be in their game. And that's going to be the thing that comes out after they're all long gone when that game finally comes out. And it's going to be like Raul Julia and Street Fighter. We're just going to look at it and go, oh, that was the last thing. Oh, I know that Raul Julia thing was a real bummer because no one no one thinks of him in, in any other context anymore. 
He was such a great Although, actor. He is great in that movie. It's a bad movie, but he is great in it. No, he's a he never phoned it in. He was always working. He was always great. Yeah. That dude was right. He was gonna be in it. He was gonna give it his all. If so. you gave uh, let me say this. If twenty if if No Country for Old Men was twenty years previous when the Cohen brothers made that movie, he would have been what's his name with the cow killing gun? freaking pressure gun oh that would have been interesting and he would have been great that would have been a very different take too i think but a good one yeah like i don't think necessarily bad flip the quarter he'd say that guy at the gas station oh i'd love that movie so much you guys i'm gonna go watch it not right now but soon for like the 10th time all right uh movie's a good movie it took me a while to get over the way they just kill off the one character so like that was a hard pill for me to swallow when i first saw that it was to me too but it's so it's so the coen brothers yeah it grew on yeah it's like what they do with fargo does this the fargo tv series does this they're just so good at that shocking moment the fargo tv series when they killed what's her name in the last season spoilers i got so mad yeah she was so good in that season she was incredible and then for her to die i was just like what the hell was the point of this whole thing yeah no it's very it's very tarantino the way they handle death in their stuff in their serious stuff and four is in the works and i'm so cannot wait for season four i cannot wait oh isn't chris rock gonna be in it uh i hadn't i hadn't heard but when they do weird casting i get excited main character that's great yeah i don't even know what that looks like yet and i love that idea already like they did things with ewan mcgregor i could have never guessed that ewan mcgregor could have done all both of them both ewans were fantastic both ewans were amazing yes how do they talk in fargo again they oh uh, listen here yeah no not a that's that's canadian they say oh you you come over to the house later for some chips and dip then don't you know like that okay thank you so they'll be like bullets should cost five thousand dollars eh <laughs> you're doing the, if they the if bullets cost five thousand dollars they take their bullets back <laughs> uh confirmed canadians cannot do midwesterners they just can't you, anyone recognize Which is that that's weird because it's so close to the canadian stereotype right right they're very similar where it's like so that's your friend back there in the chipper then that whole thing oh there's a big yeah. so a little guy what's wrong with the little guy ah uh, yeah yeah like that uh, the heck do you mean, yeah, heck do you mean? they're both up there in north dakota there <laughs> and you'd think they'd all be able to do it then but they can't so, so, that's perfect so john here I have, a, I have a project for you watch chris rocks bigger and blacker and then do it all in a fargo accent just like john jagger in bigger and blacker oh, is he gonna you know, do that know. accent that would be amazing well i don't know I, I, that would be good because you know you think oh okay it's it's not a white person so they're gonna talk you know yo yo i'm in fargo like hopefully he's like talks like everyone else and he's like if bullets cost five thousand dollars they they take their bullet back <laughs> <laughs> and it's just chris rock doing his stand-up bits but with the but with that i'd accent. be so curious to see how the stand-up holds up under that like is it just funny because of the accent now or is it still legitimately standing i don't on know i don't know i don't think i've seen that i one. mean my favorite joke you, from the fargo tv kids, show eh? is the prostitute the that he hooks up with in the first season going yeah 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 <laughs> So hold on a second. Let me ask you this: the the standup you're talking about is that the one where he admits that he was like, like uberly hooked on porn for years, and that's why he got divorced and all that? Is that the one? What? Yeah, there's no. a there's a Chris Rock standup thing on Netflix. I think. 
I'm sure it's there, but like bigger and blacker. No, this is like, this is yeah. older. This is that is like, old? Okay. This is like yeah. this is like him in his prime. Bigger yeah. and blacker was like his like. I mean, at the time that I watched it, everyone was like, "You've got to watch the Truth Bombs and Chris Rock. It's the best thing ever." You know, it's just like exploded. Yeah, and I think it's I think it still holds up. I think. Uh, hang on, I'm going to quotes.net for some bigger and blacker quotes here. Wow. This doctors all... do- doctors don't cure shit, eh? They don't cure shit. The last disease dis- doctors cured was polio. And when's the last time you met someone with polio? <laughs> all right. You know what? The accent uh, thing's not a bad idea. I like uh, it. Well, I, no, that's too adult. My big thing is who. <laughs> my big thing is who's the villain? Because the villains have been so expertly cast on that show. They've just been incredible. Um, okay. <laughs> can you believe this kids from the make a dream come true foundation want their last wish to be a lap dance tell me little boy do you want to go to disneyland no i want the big old floppers in my face (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i changed the t word to something a little more minnesota floppers huh floppers (laughs) (laughs) i like that you started to just go full bubbles at the end there wow all right. Yeah, full bubbles. That's great. great. Well, uh, oh, that's where Toss Salad came from. Whoa, what? <laughs> Did it? Did there was a there was a point in history where no one knew what Toss the Salad was, and then there was a point after it, and that was because of Bigger and Blacker. Really? That's I the, remember that. That's the etymology of that phrase. So yeah, no. Like, well, watching. he didn't invent the phrase. No, he where popularized. The phrase became it. understood it, by it, everybody. When, it became when, mainstream. Okay. It became like you know, because you'd be like, you'd say you'd tease somebody like, "Oh, I bet you he's gonna toss your salad." And people are like, toss my salad. What the hell is that? And like, oh, you haven't seen Bigger and Blacker yet. <laughs> and then, then after people who knew would know what it means. Well, it says it's a mind blowing turn of phrase, and Chris Rock delivered it well. Uh, originated from. Hold on. <laughs> to Urban Dictionary, Scott goes. <laughs> that no, salad, I went somewhere else. I have this. I always love looking at etymology of words. It always it's fascinating to me. But for some reason, there's nothing here except for Urban Dictionary uh, stuff, and it's just definitions. So forget it. That doesn't work. Mo's the Gunner. Oh, that was me searching for Mo's the Gunner. Okay. Uh, hey, that's an email, I guess. What, what were they asking about? Oh, Star Citizen. Yeah, that game's never coming out. Yeah. Anyway, send us an email. That's if you want an to, email, I guess. you want to comment or you want to send us your own messages, <laughs> send them over to frogpants.com slash core, and we'd be happy to read them here on the show. Again, that is frogpants.com slash core. You can also leave us voicemails. i got a few backed up. i got to go check and see what show they're for, but uh, they could be yours. 801-471-0462. Uh, before we get out of here... Bo, as you have any final words for the audience? Any words of wisdom? Uh, how dumb you gotta be to be left back in the first grade? Oh, yeah. What's four plus four? <laughs> Jello. <laughs> uh, that's another one of his lines from Bigger and Blacker. Okay. No, I figured. I figured that's what you were still doing. I'm still reading. Okay. <laughs> I'm out. John, <laughs> John, do you have any, you know, wisdom bombs or anything you want to drop? Now, it's important there that you know that we don't all talk like that. So when you hear this stereotype, I need you to understand it's a stereotype. And this is not how we all speak up there, okay? (laughs) Okay. I am cooperating, Wade. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. Uh, I don't have any wisdom, but I do have this. Our website is frogpants.com slash core. You can support us on Patreon. 
at patreon.com slash core show. Uh, nice new addition to that. If you're a Patreon, uh, Patreon supporter at any level, you get our pre and post show banter now from every episode. Uh, just shows up there on its own little RSS feed blocked behind the Patreon. So go join us if you want to listen to the, some of that stuff. Only a few of the streamer people come and get to hear that. Now you can too. That's at patreon.com slash core show. Leave us a voicemail. 801-471-0462. Follow us on Twitter. Core pod for the show. John underscore Jagger. Scott Johnson and Bo Schwartz. That's going to do it for us. For me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. Bye now. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. And honestly, I don't think you even need the John Travolta. <laughs> even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.